They say you should never judge a book by its cover. Well, you also shouldn't judge someone until you know their story. So my wicked awesome sisters and I are coming together to tell ours. Sharing our story isn't an excuse. It's an explanation. And now, Wicked Awesome Sisters Podcast. Last week on Wicked Awesome Sisters. DCF told me there was a book this thick of files about Myra, and nothing was ever done about it. That is sick. That is sick to me that there was a binder full of files of calls that were made, and nothing was ever done. I literally told them the entire truth that my mother was under the influence of drugs. I said that I did not feel safe in that environment, that I would like to be removed and to go live with my Aunt Kathy. And I remember we had a bunk bed. They interviewed us in the bunk bed. It was a male and Autumn was in the bed. And I remember telling him everything. He walked out. I never saw him again. And I continued to live there and be physically, emotionally, and mentally abused. So Autumn, did you ever talk to DCF ever? Did they ever have you talk to them? And now the continuation of our story. I talked to DCF. I was actually interviewed after... uh, I go, I think, so I remember laying in bed and she had asked me if the allegations were true about the sexual abuse. And I said, yes. And then probably like 2 a.m., maybe 1 a.m., police come knocking on the door. Myra pulls me to the side before they can even get to me. And she says, if you do not want to see your brother and sister ever again, you'll say the truth. But if you want to see your brothers and sisters, you will lie. And she told me the story to say. She had been thinking about this for a while because it was a very elaborate lie. I was interviewed after that twice by a child psychologist and clinical caseworker. And I told the same lie and it had to be a good lie because they did believe it. I mean, or they just didn't give a fuck about their job because they're paid fucking bare minimum. So why would they care that much? But I was told a lie that I had to say, or I was never going to see Echo and Lee and my baby sister and baby brother again. It's definitely a psychological warfare with her, whether you're her children or you're her nieces and nephews, or if you are her sister. Every single time that Myra would tell me she was going to get her life together again, I would try to help her as much as I could. And I'm not just talking financially because your mother owes me so much money and I'll never see it. I want that you guys to have peace. And I think that talking about it maybe will give you some, a little bit of being able to share stories and understand. And I am so happy that you guys have got together and started to have a relationship because as you get older, and especially for Ashley, I don't have any family. I have nobody. So I I am happy that you guys are all connecting again and that Ashley's part of that. You need that as you get older. When you get older and you don't have anybody, it's very difficult. And I want you guys to continue to develop. I know that you guys get on each other's nerves. That's just being family. But I was so happy that you guys talk all the time now and you're you're doing this to be able to to be a family and, and to connect because you all now have families. I do want to be a part of you guys' life. And I think that you all need something or someone to continue to talk to because there are 
there's deep rooted issues within me that I will never be able to overcome. And I didn't go through half of what you guys went through. What you guys went through is terrible. And no child should ever have to go through that. And the system is broken. I don't know that it'll ever get fixed, but you guys need to make sure that you know you did nothing wrong. You are all very successful. I'm very proud of all of you, even you, Ash. I should have just taken you and let the letter come after me. You know, unfortunately, your brother, he already had been in Stark when he was young for, you know, a trying to get him on the right path. And I was so proud of him because when he came out of that, he said, you know, and Kathy, I'm, I'm going to go in the Navy. And I said, you know what? That is a great thing. And I want you to do that. And I will help you as much as I can. I called a week later and you know what Myra says? Oh no, we're going to go to college together. We're going to sign up for college classes together. And I said, absolutely not. Let that boy go. Let him have a life. Let him have a chance at life. Oh, no, no. And then he gets on the phone. No, Aunt Kathy, I'm going to go to college classes with my mom. How many college classes did either of them go to? None. You know, it's sad for him because maybe, just maybe, not saying it would have, but maybe he could have turned his life around. And I know you girls all want to save him, but you have your own lives right now and your own things to deal with. I think right now he needs some tough love. Because he knows right from wrong. And as long as he is involved with your mother, he is never going to get out of it. Thankfully, the other two children have been removed from that household. And look what it took. Even with your younger siblings, I mean, I tried to get them several times. I also begged your mother to let Ashley adopt them. Begged her. Because I knew that at a certain point, I couldn't do it. I'm, I'm just too old. I work too much. And they're arm pieces. And what were they doing? They were her housemaids, her nurses. I would like to be adopted now and as an adult, please. Me too. And Kathy, can you adopt me? I am up for adoption too. Just I just want to be adopted, adopted into your family so you invite me to one of your cool parties. Your aunt doesn't party. You all know that. Uh, there are get-togethers. They're get-togethers. Are you contemplating trading me in for one of them? No, you know you're my pride and joy. I think that the other girls all know the truth. You're my little special girl, even though, you know, you had your own hardships. So it is what it is, right? Let's just face it. They bought a dog to look like me because they missed having me around. You kind of do look like Coco right now, actually. <laughs> I will always be the favorite. And you know what? And Kathy, if you want to adopt me, I'm up for adoption. I me and Adam will come over for Christmases and Thanksgivings. However you want to arrange that will be the new pride and joy. You get back <laughs> to me. Give me a ring. I like how Echo is like not even engaging in any of this. I am 100% engaging in the comments. I am listening to everything you say, but I am just making comments because... No. Amber dominating, so I'm just like, there's no room for me. Back on track, I love my children very, very much, and they both know that. I wasn't a perfect mother, but I also love all of you, and I want the best for you. And sometimes you probably, as adults, aren't going to like what I say because I'm a little strict, but it's only for your own good because I don't want you to have the cycle again that you had with your mother because it is... I'm telling you, it's generational. 
And so you have to break that cycle. That's what I want for all of you, including Ashley. Couple questions. One, what cycle am I on? I'm not on the Myra train. No, but you're on my train. And Myra and I had the same mother. So we had some of the same issues, even though Autumn had probably the worst because she didn't have somebody to fall back on. She was kind of left stranded. So she did have the worst with the sexual abuse and the abuse from Myra because she was there alone. And we can't count Lee and the other two little ones because Lee was in his own world. But Echo would get punished all the time because she was so much like me. And that's a true story. Myra hated that, hated that Echo wanted structure and wanted to do something with her life. The other ones were too young and Amber was gone. Echo truly suffered her own hell. Plus, she was the oldest after Amber left. So then she became the caretaker. And then when she moved out, Autumn became the caretaker. But Autumn was suffering so much much abuse that the two little ones ended up becoming Myra's caretaker. And I told DCF this about the two littles, how they were living and sleeping in her bedroom and not going to school. I mean, I don't know how many schools I've called about why you guys weren't in attendance and why nobody was doing anything about it. I called the schools on the little ones because they weren't in school because they were too busy staying at home taking care of Myra or Myra didn't feel like getting up to take you guys to school or to take you to activities. You guys never got to be children. You never got to be in activities. You never got to go to dance class. You never got to go to basketball or anything because The only thing you did was live in a house and take care of a grown adult and however many other people were living in that house. None of you ever got to do anything. None of you. And it's it's very, very sad. If somebody's listening to this and they're like, ah, this is this is not what a child should be doing. And I think that now that you have your own children, some of you and you know that. You know that it's important to have them be able to be involved. It it helps them develop relationships with other people. It helps to give them structure. All the things that you guys craved and didn't get, you know. So if anybody doesn't think that this is real, it's real. And it was terrible. You know, I don't know that from this point forward, if anything can be fixed. Because emotional abuse, the way you were taught to be self-hatred on your own selves, that you were never doing anything right and nothing was good enough and she did everything right and she was your mother and she tries so hard and, you know, she's doing everything she can and you don't respect her and you don't, it was all about her. And to this day, it's still about her. And even now that all of you are gone, her life goes on. Her life goes on with the men that are all living in her house, the boarders that are all living in her house, People living on couches, people living outside of her house. You know, I mean, think about how long you girls went without, and I don't want to embarrass you, but you didn't have toilets because your septic was backed up. And again, why didn't DCF say something about that? We had to siphon the water out of the bathtub before we could take a bath. We had to go outside and fill buckets. like right. And boil the, it. The five gallons of buckets of water to flush the toilet. And that would only happen like every other day. So it would just be an accumulation of feces and urine and it stunk so bad. We used to have to share bath water. 
And then we would have to siphon the bathwater with a hose that ran from our bathroom out back. And we would have to all use the same bathwater. Do you know how disgusting that is now that I'm an adult? I would never. And she had all that stuff in the garage, chairs and racks and racks and racks of clothes. And I mean, all that stuff. And then there was rats. I mean, I that's again, you had no septic system. You had rat infestation. And yet she would go into one of these episodes where if the house wasn't clean, she would flip out and beat the children. So yeah, explain yeah. explain that one. Well, I, I was just going to say, and yet she was a clean freak. She expected you guys to do everything. But again, that's making you the adults of the household. All of you have had terrible time. It's not right. I don't know going forward what your relationship will be with her, if there ever will be one. But the best thing that you all did was to help to get the two little ones out. They're not really little anymore. I mean, they were, you know, what, 12 and 10 by the time they got out or 12 and 9. So they lived a whole life of emotional and physical abuse that maybe now can be a little bit less going into adulthood than you guys have. Because they're in a structured environment and you guys are all part of their lives and you really couldn't be. I mean, you were. I mean, you all took care of them, but you really couldn't be probably how you wanted to be when they were still living with her. But now that they're gone, you guys can have a relationship with them and they get to see all of you and see what normal is supposed to be as normal as all of you can be. You know, kids, when they live, one of the things I found as being a foster parent is If a kid lives in an environment like you guys did, that's all you know. And you think that is normal. You don't know any better. And then these kids now being still minor children, maybe I'll be able to see when they go to Echo's house with Echo and her husband and child and Autumn and her husband and Amber and her fiance and child and, you know, interacting with Ashley and her um, children and man friend. Well, I didn't want to. Yeah, well, he's kind of like, you know, a husband. But anyway, I was trying to think about how I was going to say the kids. But I know that they think that you're their stepmom. Anyway, but that's what they need to see these little ones. So that's what I'm asking of you guys. When you're around them, you need to make sure it's a normal as much as it can be environment so that they learn what normal is supposed to be. Because somewhere deep down, and I don't care who you are, all of you looking at me, and you're going to say, oh, no, you will always love your parents no matter what. You may hate them, but you will always love them. When I was 16, my mother had another new man, number six or seven, who knows. And she decided that they were going to move to Florida. And I was like, well, I'm not leaving because I'm staying where I am. I'm in too many activities, blah, blah, blah. And so she left and I stayed with a friend. But when I graduated, she did come to the graduation and I, my heart was so full when I first saw her. And I was just so excited to see my abuser because she was my mother. I mean, it didn't last long because things don't change. So you guys were always somewhere. And those kids now, they probably still at some point, even though they would never admit it, would go back to that life. It's what they know. And guess what? It's easier. It's easier to not have uh, rules as a young adult. It's easier not to have somebody watching over you, checking your texts, making sure you go to school, getting you involved in activities, making you get up to go to school, uh, having chores, but not being abused by having chores. 
they in some way in their hearts miss Myra and their father. So that's up to you guys to make sure that they understand that you love them and you're there for them. And that maybe someday you all can see your mother again. But I also want to make sure, and I don't mean this to be mean, but your mother was not the only one to blame. All the men in her life are to blame also. Every one of them. Not only did they partake in a lot of the activities that your mother did, they also defended her and got her off and defended her to DCF and defended her to the courts and defended her to the police and defended her to Aunt Charlotte and I. So they're all to blame also. Because it was. It was Tim was my father. And then we had Jack. And then we had Harry. We were their children. And none of them ever did anything. And they knew. They knew what she was doing. And they knew the abuse, whether it be physical, sexual, mental, emotional abuse. They all knew what was going on. They still stood by her side. Yes, I agree. That's what I'm saying. So... Your mother came up with stories that were so far-fetched. I mean, the FBI was in her pocket, and she had a whole, this whole list that she had. Autumn made that list. So Adam and I were on FaceTime with my baby sister, and she pops up around her shoulder. I was like, let me talk to you. I am on the FBI's most wanted list, this and that. And I used to background background checks at the time. She's like, can you look it up? And I said... I don't have access to that. And she's like, I'm sure you do. And I was like, okay. So me and Adam pulled up the notes app on my iPhone and wrote like a list. Like it had 10 Bundy, Lucifer, (laughs) like the most outrageous names. And I put her name on it, Lee's name on it. And then like a few other people. She's like, I knew I was on this list. And I said, yeah. She's like, the weird thing is, why isn't Sid Vicious on this list? And I'm like, (laughs) he's on the next page. I'm so sorry. I didn't get access to that one. And <laughs> me and Adam had the biggest like laugh out of this. Well, well the problem is, is that she told me that she has a black book that the FBI want this book. And not only the FBI, but NASA is involved and that they came in. What? Wait, wait. The space program? What? Yes, because, <laughs> because she was so drugged up when all these things were happening to your youngest brother that all these judges and lawyers and all these people and then NASA was involved in drugging her. So that's why she didn't know what was happening with your youngest siblings. Uh, let's see, what else did she say? She, she was drugged out basically, but there's a book. And if any of us know what's in the book, we're all going to be killed because it's top secret and all these big higher ups are involved. You literally cannot make this shit up. I was going to say, you know, the NASA thing may not be that far off because she is so out of her mind. She probably is from another planet. NASA probably really does want her to return her home. (laughs) Yeah, you might be right. Yeah, you might be right. They're probably trying to get her out of here. That's the crazy and, and nobody gets it, but it is the crazy. And it's, you know, right now, She hasn't learned anything from having her last two children removed, from having all of you guys not want anything to do with her because she's still doing the same stuff. And the only thing I do when when she calls me is kind of pretty much let my friends listen because, again, like you just said, you can't make this shit up. And people probably, when I tell them stories, are like, yeah, right. So I have to sometimes let them listen to her voicemails 
or when she calls me with her newest scam, which is a doozy, let me tell you, people don't believe it because they don't they don't live it. Now, there might be some people that are in your same situations and they would say, oh, wow, you know, remember when Lee, when we got him another time, we went to pick you guys up. And this is before I had a gun. I didn't even know what it was. And he was saying, yeah, mom and I were out last night and somebody put a Glock on mom. And I'm like, what's a Glock? I didn't know. So I didn't want to buy into it. And I said, oh, really? Where were you? Well, we were out riding around, as you guys all did. That's where you live, pretty much, living in her car, riding around, doing whatever. But I didn't even know a Glock was a gun. And here, this little five-year-old or six-year-old knew what a Glock was, you know? And so, again, experiences that most children will never have that you all had to suffer through. I think we got to wrap it up here soon. Echo's getting tired. It's past my bedtime, too. Do you guys have any questions or anything you want to say uh, to mom? I I appreciate everything that you did for us, Aunt Kathy. I know that you think that it wasn't enough, but to be honest, I know that you did everything. There's there's no going against Myra. Realistically, could you have done more? Yes, but going against Myra, there was no chance. I personally want to thank you because even though I've hit some bumps in the road, I still appreciate everything that you did for me because you took me in as a bratty little teenager and you did the best you could with me. Well, thank you. But yes, I could have done more. I would also like to say thank you. Thank you for taking me to feral cat to princess. (laughs) Well, you know, that's probably a matter of Adam's opinion. Yeah, that's like putting lipstick on a pig. Hey! <laughs> Adam will say that I am the queen of the world, actually. I bet he will. And you did look like the princess. And you've done very well for yourself because you had some tough, tough teen years. I worried about you. You know, I remember your mother calling me and telling me, you know, oh, you were gonna, she was going to have you arrested and this and that. And I'm like, well... When you do that, I will have you arrested because she is a product of what environment you have put her in. So you have done very well for yourself, as has Echo and Amber and Ashley. I'm so proud of you. Um, I am extremely grateful for everything that you and Aunt Charlotte did for me. I was down in Florida this past weekend um, for a wedding, and I have some people that took me in when I was really young. And I was talking to like somebody I considered to be like a grandma and she was saying like the foundation of like love started with her mom. And I was just thinking about how like you're talking about that you guys had a rough upbringing and like how there wasn't like a foundation of love. And and that's kind of how it's like trickled down. Like there wasn't that strong foundation with Myra's mother. And I just think that you and Aunt Charlotte did such a great job, like giving me the opportunity to be around people who like provide a structure and then also like teaching me how to read, how to ride a bicycle, how to swim. I did more catching up the year and a half that I lived with you than I did ever. Well, you you guys were all actually very easy. I mean, I'm not, I was not easy. I know that. No, you were actually easy. So once you started <laughs> figuring out that you weren't coming out of that bedroom till you decided to read, and actually, Aunt Charlotte was making um, pigs in the blanket the other night. And she goes, oh, I should call Echo and FaceTime her and show her. These were one of her favorite things. I had to make them over and over and over again. You probably don't they remember They still that. are. They still are? They, and your they pencils. They still are. 
I love pretzels. Oh, pretzel. Good job. Good job. I, I just am very thankful that you guys are all, you know, hanging out and talking. And I really hope that this, you know, helps you guys to heal. And, you know, I was thinking about generational now that you said again, but, you know, my mother lost her mother when she was 11 years old. And then my mother's father remarried and went on to have seven other children. So my mom was one of the oldest girls. Um, So she ended up being the caretaker for all the kids, too. So maybe because she lost her mom, that's how I justify it, that she lost her mom at such a young age. And she then became kind of pushed aside, her and her brothers, uh, for a new family. So maybe, maybe that's what's, you know, started her whole thing. You know, just like all the fathers. I mean, none of us really knew who our fathers were until, you know, later in life as we did research. So, I mean, that's why we have to break the cycle. So before we go, do you have any advice or words of wisdom or anything to anyone who's listening who has gone through something similar or knows someone that's gone through something similar or maybe even is in something similar right now? Well, first, let's start with if you're in this situation and you're a child or if you're in this situation and you're an adult in an abusive situation, you've got to talk and you've got to tell somebody and you've got to continue to tell people until they listen. And if you're in an abusive situation as an adult, you've got to get out because it's not going to get any better ever. And if you're a child, there's not much you can do except for maybe even if it's just friends or even if it's a teacher or a coach or anybody, continue to tell them until somebody listens. As adults, sometimes we're in our lives and we kind of, you know, oh yeah, okay, uh uh-huh, uh-huh. But you got to continue to tell us. You got to continue to say, hey, this is what happened last night or this is what's happening. And sometimes somebody's going to listen. You know, if you're a person that this has happened to and you're now an adult, basically the thing I say is that you have to forgive yourself. I say all the time, I have to forgive myself for the things that I didn't do. But as a person that is in this, I say first forgive yourself and then just talk, talk and tell people what you experienced. You can't be afraid to tell people what you experienced for fear of what they may think. Because I would say that in my circle of friends, they all have pretty normal upbringings. Um, They pretty much have all big families and they're all lovey-dovey and all that. And they have sisters and blah, 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 which I don't have. But I continue to tell them our stories because it does help me. But it also, for people that aren't in this situation, it helps you to open your eyes to things that you don't know really happen or go on. And, you know, sometimes if you're in an environment where you don't have these things in your life and you've never been around anything like these stories, it sometimes will help open your eyes to say, hey, if somebody maybe does come to me, I am going to listen and I'm going to try and help. I'm not going to be closed off and saying, oh, that just didn't happen or that can't be real. So that's what I say. I said, just keep talking. If you're an adult, find a group of people who you can love that love you for who you are. Just be the best you can be and forgive yourself. Every time you make a mistake, you just got to say, you know, I made a mistake. I got to start tomorrow all over again. And that's all you, all, that's all any of us can do because none of us are perfect. Trust me. 
even though I'm like 99.98% perfect. That's all I got. And Echo, you'd be 97.4, okay? Because they all say you're my favorite. But I love you all. Autumn is convinced that she's like 99.99999%. What would I be? What percent perfect would I be? Oh, 100. 73? 100%. You are 100%. God, you're so loud. Okay, it's my bedtime. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, thank you very much, Mama. I love that you came on and opened up to us. And uh, I feel like you've got a lot more to say because you really (laughs) talked. So maybe we'll have you back on soon. I have Uh, a lot more to say. All right. Well, I love you guys. Love you guys. Love you. Bye. Bye. Love you. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Wicked Awesome Sisters podcast and that it gave you a sneak peek into our wicked awesome sisterhood. Next week, we'll pick up right where we left off. To stay in the loop and catch us when our next episode drops, you can subscribe to this channel. For our family tree diagram and more fun facts and photos, you can follow us on Instagram at Wicked Awesome Sisters. Till next time, stay wicked. Wicked awesome, that is.